Breaking the cycle to step forward. Authentic conversations from lived experience and a professional perspective in overcoming abuse with Chris Tuck and Beverly Ann. Hello and welcome to Breaking the Cycle to Step Forward. And today's title is Finding Your Voice Through Writing. And can you believe we're at episode 16? I know. Banking them, aren't we now? We are. I'm Beverly Ann and I'm also I'm joined by Chris Tuck. Hi everyone. Hello, but you know who we are by now anyway. And if it's this is your first podcast that you've come across, please go back to the beginning um, and you can find out about other topics that we've spoken about. So today's title in Finding Your Voice Through Writing, um, you know, we've, we've been talking about this and we've got different conversations. Any thoughts you want to start with yourself, Chris? Um, I just think that finding your voice can be life-changing it can break the silence it can break the chains it can break the cycle whatever phrase you want to use but often people can't verbalize for themselves what is going on their head is just spinning with so much stuff and it's about just taking all of that if you can't verbalize if you can't offload taking it out of your head taking it out of your voice box literally and putting it down on paper or digitally, just doing, so just offloading and writing it down so that you can just breathe. So that's it's, what it is for me. What is it for you? Well, it is all about now, but it's been challenging. And I, so it's good that we have this conversation because we hear this and some people are like, yeah, and other people are like, no. And I've always been like, no. And and that goes back to when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. So as a teenager, um, I was lucky to be fostered at 15. I was fostered by my English teacher with all good intentions. So um, however, she was also um, she was my English teacher at school. And I remember there was a time before I was fostered by her. Um, it was going through a very tricky time. I was in children's home, etc different things happening with the family and I wrote this essay of 500 words I was so proud to get it done with all the confusion chaos and everything happening in my own life so to get this done and completed on time for homework I was really proud to get it done but then when it came back with a big c minus in red uh, yeah, that was the first example or the first message that came to me like oh but you asked this question, that's what I put. And when she explained further about what she wanted, okay, I can see now as an adult, to another adult, it wasn't quite what she wanted. But as a child, yeah, I'd done the best that I could do. Your little masterpiece. Yes. Um, and then when I did go and live with her, um, and I'm not saying she did it in a horrible way, it's, no. it's just how we receive it as children and our messages. And then when I did um, go and live with her, um, I kept a diary. I was 15, kept a diary, who I fancied, who I didn't. Um, <laughs> As you do. Yeah, that, you know, when I wasn't allowed to go to this place and, you know. And, and I've always been a, a person is don't just tell me no, tell me why. 
Do you yeah. see what I mean? Or as I have done in some of my own writings and I can share this is don't tell me, ask me. Yeah. And I was sometimes told you can't do that. And I'd always, I'd been going there for a year. You can't go there anymore. But know why. So I yeah. did what most teenagers do. I said that was going to a friend's and went to the youth club and course, and put that all in this diary. And so it got found. Oh, no. And then I was called lots of different names, which right. only compounded how I was personal feeling, personally feeling. So the adult who did it, I'm not blaming. Mm. I'm not blaming. Yeah. Her. She had her own fears and she was trying to do her best by me. Do you mean? She probably tried to safeguard you, Beverly, at the time. In in the only way she knows how. Like, yeah. you know, as parents, because parents come in different in different roles. Um, that's true. She she didn't mean it against me personally. However, as a teenager, yeah, it was I felt that it was an intr- intrusion into my privacy. Absolutely. And that stopped me writing. Right, for years, scared of people finding and intruding, and the trust was broken again. There wasn't it, I suppose. Yeah, the judgment. Yeah, you know, judgment. You know, and then being called names. So not just, you know, I can imagine not nice names. No, and when Mm -hmm. you're already feeling, you know, unworthy and all the rest of it, that only compounds it more. So they're Mm. the kind of messages I had. Needless to say, the relationship broke down hugely, and that's when I moved yeah. out. Right. So for me, years later, when I did start having therapy, etc., I had a wonderful book, The Courage to Heal, and I do have an old copy now. It's not in print anymore, but it's about lots of different stories of survivors, and I use that. It's like my Bible, my counsellor. Right. It was okay. like, oh, there's other people that have been mm-hmm. in my position. And so I did start to write. I I wrote a letter to my dad um, and I wrote lots of different things, but always on little bits of paper. Right. And never in one. And ironically, if I do that, if I write now, I don't have just one place that I write. I still write, but it'll be in lots of different books and they're in different places. And do you think that is as a direct result of what happens with your caregiver at the time? Absolutely. So, and and I'm aware of it. So this is why we like having these conversations because we know the professional side, but then we also know our personal side. We're human beings. So I've always wanted to write a book and I will do it, but I'm also aware of the cost to me personally. So I want Mm -hmm. to be able to break it up because it's like anything. We self-care is the most important thing that we talk about that. But then it's about accepting what's right for us. And that's why we wanted to talk about this writing because I don't know about you, Chris, when I first heard about journaling, about writing out the thoughts and feelings, I really thought that I had to write out an essay. Because Um, yeah, and it and it all had to be grammatically correct and and yeah and what do you put in it do you put those innermost thoughts because like you just said the judgment if someone comes across it how is it going to be received how am I going to be perceived yeah yeah so I started off with just putting words sometimes you know when I was learning to check in with myself anger 
what is it well I don't know it's anger so I just feel that I feel anger yeah 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 um happiness what's that feel like I don't know happiness but it was over the years adding to it and then when I was asked to write a letter to my younger self I couldn't do that I didn't know how to be that young person she was giving me an age I didn't know how to be that child I only knew how to be a carer of everyone else so what I did then I pulled out sentences that I'd heard other people say to me so like my mum my dad my foster mum um you know at school being bullied different things like that and I pulled the sentences out and that's when I wrote that poem don't tell me ask we're breaking me. up a little bit sorry I can barely hear you I can hear you can you hear me now okay brilliant I can hear you now yep. yeah yeah that's yep. what I love about Zoom <laughs> so it starts off starts off with um don't tell me to stop crying ask me why I am yeah don't shout at me when you're angry ask me when you're calmer and it's something I wrote years and years ago and I now share for people you know if when they're stuck sometimes because that just came out of nowhere and now I've gone on even more whereas I use color when I'm writing so if I'm angry I'll write anger in the color red and I know we've had this discussion before but that then helps me feel that colour red that I'm feeling inside and then write more about how I feel, but not necessarily in sentences. So you literally connect the colour to your mood, the emotion to get it out and to be able to describe it a bit more. Yeah, yes. I can see that, I can see how that works. But for other people, um, that might help them. But they could literally, as you said, just brainstorm, just get the words or the emotions out on paper. Victim survivors who have written blogs, that's probably an end goal for many people. Or they could literally, as you said, just write letters and they could either give those letters to people or it could just be for their own personal um, journey, their own personal therapy, and then they could burn um, or rip up or... Oh, or, God, yes. Or, or, or stab. Yeah. Whatever emotion they're feeling, it's quite okay to do what they need to do to that written work that they've done. Absolutely. And this is something, when you do it in letters and put them in envelopes, I remember buying my daughter a writing kit when when we got um, divorced and we've moved house so you don't know what's going on so much and I wanted her to have an outlet so I bought her a writing set and she used to write letters I mean she used to write them to me as mum as well <laughs> <laughs> interesting <laughs> and I've I kept quite a lot of them in different ways and not always ones that are really nice but yeah. I'm glad she has she was able to get it out um but that helped her and she wrote letters to me. She wrote letters to her dad. If she fell out with a friend, she wrote letters to a friend, but she didn't necessarily send them. She didn't send them, did you say? She didn't, yeah. She didn't necessarily okay. send them. Yeah. So but, that can be a way of expressing yourself to the person that's caused you harm 
um, as part of your therapy, part of your healing, but you just do with it what you want, what you see fit. So I've got, as part of the therapy that I'm undertaking at the moment, I've, um, what I do, I use my phone and I write into the notepad of it or I speak it and get it translated into text. Yeah. Um, and then I will print it out and then I took it into therapy with me. And because sometimes when I'm in my emotional self, I'm not in my thinking brain, I'm in my emotional brain. So I can't express what I want to in therapy. So when I've got it already and I will literally sit there and read it out to her, explore all of that and explain how you're feeling when you're in a place of non, not non-emotion because when you're writing it, you're very emotional, but you, you do it all in your own time. And then in that hour of therapy, you've already prepared it. You're ready to go. You're ready to rock and roll. And then I can just speak it and then we can have those discussions afterwards. So it's a really good tool for me, the way that I've explained that to help me move on with stuff absolutely but even as an adult I sometimes you know I look back over time now when something's happened between me and another person mm-hmm. and like you when you're in that emotional place you can't get it out effectively or you try yeah. and you just get frustrated or you're in an emotional state they're in an emotional state and it's not being received in the right way yeah and that's no you know that's yeah. from both sides so I like to sometimes wait for it to calm down emotionally and then write a letter. That one I'm yeah. very aware of and I will often type that, yeah. not because I don't mean it, but, but it means I can revisit it and, and really have clarity. What is it I'm trying to say? And put some love in there as well. So, you know, yeah. it's okay to say, yeah I did I did feel angry I felt frustrated not necessarily yeah. at you I felt frustrated at the situation yeah exactly but yeah it enables that person then to receive it and then to keep reading it yeah yeah and I think another way that this can be advantageous for people just generally in life um, if they start using writing um, when there's an upset or a miscommunication is that often when you write an email and you're really emotional and you feel really angry or really passionate, is that you write exactly what you want to in the first email, do not send it. <laughs> <laughs> you then revisit it when you're, you've calmed down a bit and you can start taking maybe the swear words out of it and you can start putting it into context and you can start probably seeing it from the other person's side of it and you can soften it all out if if it needs to happen you can soften it all out um and then you can end up sending the email that you really want to send not the angry version of it but of course if they if there's an angry version that you want to send then please feel free but don't do it in haste don't do nothing in haste always do ah first and then revisit it change it and then send the final version that you actually want to send and that you want a response to Absolutely, because the thing is, and we, you know, we also know that you can have one thing happen, but all depending where you're standing, you yeah. see it from a different viewpoint. That doesn't yeah. mean to say you're wrong. Or right, in some cases. Yeah, but it's how you've received it. Yeah. So 
Absolutely. And I've done that many a time. In fact, I don't put the email. If, I, if I'm if i applying and it's angry, I take out the email address. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> I think there's also another well, point. I, I have sent an email in the past when I didn't mean to, and it had lots of ramifications. So I learned my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things we just also want to make clear as well, and it was something that you brought up, which is really important about anything that you write down, because if you're keeping a diary, for instance, you know, um, if you're keeping a diary when you're a child and there's lots of information in there, if you do go to the police at any time, that is considered evidence if you share that. So that if you disclose it to them, yeah, if you disclose it. So. Um, you know, that's something to be considered and that's people's just, choices. Yeah, just to be aware of, you know, at the same time, if you have documented exactly what's going, what's happening to you, that obviously would be brilliant evidence because oh. it's, it's, you know, you might have date, you dated it, you might have done whatever and, and you might have literally been really explicit about what's happening. That's gold dust as evidence. Yeah. But on the same time, say like you've kept those diaries all of your childhood and then you've become a teenager. And then, I don't know, for some reason, you've you've um, sexually acted out as in you've had lots of relationships. But that's just another way of coping. Yeah, that could then be used against you. Yeah. yeah. So you really have to be careful about um, or mindful of if you did go to the police and disclose you might have all of this wonderful evidence but then there might be stuff that you've written down that could be used against you it shouldn't be allowed to happen but it does yeah. happen it has happened so yeah. um in the future it shouldn't happen but just be aware and that's that's we wanted to raise that because that's yeah, important we just to raise it, because yeah. you know as i as i feel with judgment you know it's like when i'm studying i'm you know i've got another module to submit on wednesday I fill everything out and then I go back over it and back over it because there's that fear of judgment. <laughs> like to say that I passed with my first one. <laughs> yeah. But it's still there. But it's also that it can also there be in a different way in a court of law. So um, be mindful. So what benefits then, Chris, do you get out of releasing it by writing? And how do you do it? I think. I think I've shared it already, but just to explain again, I think that I've got so much going on and it sort of like doesn't come out coherently um, when I speak it. Um, I get muddled, I get emotional, things might not, and I like things logical, that's how I like things. Um, so when I'm able to write or speak into the text uh, thing that puts it into writing, um, I'm able then to sort of like look at it, revisit it and put it into a timeline or or a, a more logical way for me. And, you know, often when I do public speaking, um, again, I can go off track because that's why, where the brain takes you. And if I need to be focused or if I need to have um, certain key things that I need to speak about, I will just dump revisit put it into some kind of logical sense and make sure that I'm covering 
the key messages that I need to get across. And I do that for whatever. So if it's an essay, if it's a public uh, speaking event, if it's just me wanting to get my brain into some kind of order and gear. Um, so it enables me to do all of that. Writing it down enables me to do all of that. So I find it really powerful. Yeah, and thank you, because I asked the question in a slightly wrong way because you'd already said some of it but you've also extended elaborated on that so thank you yeah yeah thank you what about yourself um as I said with my I have different books but I also do it through coloring you've actually witnessed that do you remember when we were on the train and we were going up to Manchester and we were doing a film or show the film was being um premiered and it was our different stories yes so it was an exciting time, but it was huge emotionally and a huge yeah. step in our recovery. So um, I had, and I still have them, I have colouring books and I use my um, pens. But before I start colouring, I start writing different words about how I'm feeling in the colouring pens. And then I start colouring in a picture. And then I get the other pens, the other colours on once I've released that, how I feel. So like fear once you release fear, once you understand it, then after that, it's like, well, I've let go of that. So what's there? Actually, there's excitement there. Okay. What colour am I going to use for excitement? And I do it like that. And then I start colouring my my picture. So when I get a picture, it helps me visually see, oh, yeah, that's when I was feeling angry. That's when I was feeling scared. But overall, look, I still went forward. And it's just something, I'm a very visual person. So it enables me to use the writing, but in a way that has worked for me in the past. And then other times, I'll just write in a book or on my laptop. And like you said, I just dump it and take bits from it as I need to. And I think it's the release as you say whether it be coloring whether it be writing words or um people use those mind maps don't they um whatever it is it's just a way to just get all of that out of your system so that you can literally breathe think and move on it's just a different way of expressing yourself so as we've said before lots of people do art therapy for that don't they Mm. some people like making things like making clothes uh, drawing pictures painting pictures abstract art yeah Yeah. whatever whatever it is you need to do to express yourself that is what you need to do for you and I think there's also taking it from your head just doing it from your heart and when I say it like that that's not woo woo but we've got the conscious part the thinking part and we've got the subconscious the deep subconscious and we're trying to access that because that's where those voices are you know Uh, one and the pain that we talked about last week so in our head it's like I can do that and then we get that little message can we am I good enough (laughs) can I really do that (laughs) so when (laughs) Oh, those little gremlins. Exactly. So when we sit down or stand up, because sometimes I stand up to do this as well, because I do it on big paper. Mm -hmm. Um, When we're ready to do that, it's not about thinking about how you should be doing it. It's It's just thinking about, yeah, but also what's right for you. Yeah. So if you've only written down one word and then you need to walk away, walk away. Yeah. 
Yeah. Put another word, another time. But don't feel that just because somebody's able to write pages, oh, I can't write a whole page, I can't do it. No, 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 it's not like that. And I really want to bring it back to that simple part. Do it yeah. what's right for you. So it may be that you leave a piece of paper out or a book somewhere and you put one word in it. That's your start. And then another time you might go back to it and put another word. Yeah. So let's go back to um, writing a book. Mm -hmm. um, when I wrote my book in 2012 through a ghostwriter because I had all of the stuff going on so I couldn't um, I was too angry and too emotional to actually put pen to paper to finish it it was stopping me um, the, the um, unheard voices and all the suppressed harm um, it was stopping me putting pen to paper so I did it through a ghostwriter and I self-published because we hadn't got conviction we hadn't, um, we couldn't name and shame because of, uh, what's it called? Let me see, my brain's gone. Let's see, if you don't write it down, you don't think about libel. what you're saying. It's this like, is what happens. It's, it's yeah, libel. libel cases. That's it. Defamation of character is the word I was looking for. Um, you have to be really careful if you haven't got conviction, like we haven't. Um, that you can't just name people because they could come after you and your assets potentially. Um, in our case, we, we changed it to stepmom, stepdad, mum, dad, whatever. So um, it couldn't um, be jigsawed together. Um, but we also thought as a family that if anyone wanted to come after us and take us to court, bring it on because yeah. we'd love to see you in court. Yeah? yeah. But people just need to be aware of all of that. If you do have a conviction, you can go to town, you can get a publishing deal, you can, there's so many different avenues out there to help you do that. But there are so many survivor books now, and I'm not saying that to put anybody off because everyone has the right to share their story, their lived experiences any way they want. But it isn't the only way is what I'm saying. Do not feel pressured that you have got to do that. And also many people think that it's a way to make money and it just isn't. It just doesn't. It, what it does, it, and, and some people say it um, makes you an expert. Well, it, it doesn't. No. And some people say it opens doors for you and it just doesn't because so many people are doing it now. Um, you're the expert in your own life. Absolutely. 100%. You're the expert in your recovery, what's worked for you, what hasn't, yet yeah, 100%. But what it does for me is it's it helps others. It helps Victor, you've got to take away from it. If money, without a publishing deal, I can guarantee you it won't. It's going to cost you money um, and it's going to, it's, it is cathartic to do, but it also can be quite, not damaging, but quite upsetting for you to go through. So just have your eyes wide open is what I'm saying. That's absolutely, all. Absolutely. And that's something, you know, why do I want to write my book? I want yes. to write my book because I personally, um, where I was under social care, etc., cetera, um, yeah. I asked for all my notes. Yes. I was under a court order for 14 years. 
lived yeah. in two different children's homes, foster home and then um, hostel. And the papers I got back are tiny. So for Ridiculous. me, it's a personal yeah. memoir. Of, yeah. And when, and I say when, because I haven't given my summer time, when it's put together, um, if it helps another person. Yeah. To see, because I want to balance mine with some other, you know, some helping tools as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's not about what it will bring in. It's about what's right for me. And I think the person that inspires me most there is um, books like Anne Frank's Diary. Yes. Um, A Child Called It. Yeah. Did you ever read that? Yeah, I read all of the David's yeah. books. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I liked yeah. how it was broken down. And and what's amazing is when you read his books, and I don't know if anybody's realised this, like his very first book, the way it's written, you can hear it's being written as a child. And yes. it's actually very natural when you go back to your childhood to do that without even thinking. Mm-hmm. That's why when you get hypnotized, not that I've ever liked this personally, when you get hypnotized, if you ask, if you're asked questions as a child, you'll respond in your child way. Yeah. Um, I was just trying to remember his name, David Pelsar, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, See, my brain forgets a lot of stuff until I need to recall it. And then all of a sudden I'm going, oh, what's, what, 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 Yes, there it is. Yeah. It's in there somewhere. <laughs> it's in there, in those filing cabinets. Yeah, right, we're coming exactly. up to We're coming up to 30 minutes now. Um, so that was really so quickly. quick, didn't it? Yeah. So what are your last thoughts about writing, Chris? Any, any little tip that you'd like to give to anyone? I think that if anybody is in that tumbleweed or that um, washing machine, part of their brain is just going round and round and round. They can't sleep very well, Um, but writing really frightens them to just revisit it in the way that we've explained whatever it is that works for them, but give it another go. And even try that text to written speech software on their phones or on their laptops. Um, if they can't physically yeah. write, because I know a lot of, not a lot, some victim and survivors can't read, can't write, and yeah. no judgment, but no. there is a way that they can can get that help and release some of the stuff that might be going on for them yeah. and keeping them stuck. So yeah. yeah, just to go and explore what would work for them. And give us feedback we yes. might have missed some what works for you absolutely well for me I know that um, I like being outside and this was mm-hmm. years ago as well and I still do it at different times I like going outside so if someone's at the beginning another idea is being outside in the garden in the middle middle of field somewhere private and having your pens <laughs> and and writing words that they want just words nothing else or using note sticks yeah because they can get it out if they want they can draw pictures if they can't read and write just draw pictures but then they can choose when they've completed it to either keep it notes. oh i yes. know I, I know <laughs> what i mean <laughs> I know what these you mean little as things. Well. <laughs> these little things. Yeah. And I, I've got yeah. them all, all over. Note sticks, everyone. Note sticks. That's it. Um, 
Yes. And you can burn it, you can keep it, you can roll it up and do, carry on doing it another time. But just do yep. what's right for you. You absolutely 100%. Yeah. All right, then. So we are going to bring this podcast to an end. Sorry if there's been any blips throughout. You know, I'm in the garden, Zoom and Wi Fi will challenge us always. But we have brought you a podcast full of golden nuggets. And we would love to hear from you on this podcast, on previous podcasts, and any future discussions that you would like Beverly and I to have on your behalf. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. And so, goodbye to everybody. Thank you for joining us. No worries. All right, then. Goodbye, bye -bye. everyone. See you soon.